The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. One Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and hungry, he and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for anyone but the priests to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. The Gospel of the Lord. Welcome to week three of our series on the elimination of hurry. Essentially, this call to slow down and to be more present. Even as I say those two words, slow down, for some that sounds amazingly freeing. But at the same time, those two words can cause an uncomfortable restlessness within us. So why is that? Maybe it's because we live in the fastest moving society that has ever existed. We've become used to moving, thinking, and overall living at 90 miles an hour. Packed schedules, overcommitted calendars, 70-hour work weeks, two-minute meals, nonstop weekends, phones in front of our face, more than people in front of our face, coming and going, running here and there and everywhere else, no breaks in between, mentally and physically exhausting pace. To sum it up, we are a busy people. And this isn't just an issue of busy schedules. We also have incredibly busy minds. We spend more time consuming information that we'll probably never use, commenting on people's Facebook walls that we'll never actually meet, and being anxious about things that will never actually affect us than we do sitting with another human being. And the effects of this are real. According to recent studies published through Psychology Today, the effects of a fast-paced, quote-unquote, busy lifestyle include this. Fatigue, sleep problems, chest pain, headaches, dizziness, stomach issues, being hyper-emotional, poor concentration, forgetfulness, depression, nervous habits, high anxiety, feelings of hopelessness, just to name some of the top things. And here's what's even more concerning than that. Since 2007, the American Psychology Association has published a survey that's entitled Stress in America. And they continually find that the vast majority of Americans, almost 90%, recognize that their stress exceeds levels necessary to maintain good health. And the top reason given every year is this, I'm too busy. So what if we bought into this lie that living a hurried life is actually a good thing when in reality, it's an illness that's keeping us from what matters the most? What if Jesus is actually offering us a fulfilled life at three miles an hour instead of an anxious life at 90 miles an hour? For the next few minutes, we're going to focus in on the importance, necessity, and purpose of one of God's gifts to us, one that many of us are probably leaving on the table. 
and he wants us to pick up this gift called Sabbath. Before we jump into that and our passage for today, let me pray for us one more time. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's living and active and it's just as true as us for us today as it was when it was penned. Jesus, we pray that you would give us through the power of the Holy Spirit open hearts and open minds to receive what you want to share with us today. And God, that we would be changed, that we would change the way we think about the time that we spend, about the intentionality of that time, our energy, and that, God, you would even now bring us to a place of rest. Would you clear our minds of all of the distractions, all of the things that are flooding our minds right now that we feel like we have to do or need to do? For these moments, would you allow us to simply be in your presence, to hear from you? God, we thank you for loving us so much that you give us these amazing gifts, one of those called Sabbath. And so we give this time to you, and we pray that you would do a work on us. Jesus, in your name, amen. So we're going to jump into this passage from Mark chapter 2. We're going to be looking at a short section, verses 23 through 28, and we see this encounter with Jesus, his disciples, and other religious leaders, and we're going to take a lot away from it. So let's start here in verse 23. It says, One Sabbath, he, Jesus, was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? So this concept of Sabbath rest, really it starts all the way back at the beginning, We see this in Genesis as God is creating. Look here really quickly at what Genesis 2 says. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day, and he made it holy, because on it, God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. This holy day of rest that God sets apart. So why is there so much resistance in our hearts and in our lives and in our culture to not practice or a lack of practice when it comes to the Sabbath? I think one reason that we're going to see here in this passage and that we actually get a glimpse of right off the bat is this thing called legalism. In the Old Testament, we find rules for the Sabbath. There were all sorts of rules lined out. How many steps you could take in a given day, the words that you could write, you couldn't build, you couldn't garden, you couldn't wash clothes, you couldn't put out a fire on the Sabbath. There are a lot of restrictions. And the Pharisees who were speaking to Jesus here, who were actually judging Jesus here and his disciples, they had created this exhausting, intricate, overbearing superstructure around the Sabbath. Essentially, they took a good thing designed by God to bless and enrich his creation, and they horrifically twisted it. The Pharisees then, they see Jesus here, and they judge him for not following their standard that they had put in place. This is the very definition of legalism, and it's one reason I think that we push back. Let me say this. There is no perfect ritual for this day of rest. The way you Sabbath will probably not look like the way that I Sabbath, and it doesn't need to. 
because that's really not the point. And that's where we can start to go sideways. When we put these expectations of exactly what it has to look like, exactly what box it needs to fit in, not only for myself, but for you too, this discipline that should be life-giving can quickly become draining and it can become a huge frustration in our life. So we push back at it and we put it off because we'd rather not deal with it or take part in it because we believe it's a weight placed on us when really what Jesus is trying to do is take a weight off of us. This is why it's so important that we go deeper and understand what the Pharisees were missing here. And this is really the second reason I think that we can push back or not practice the Sabbath is we misunderstand the point and purpose. Look at these next verses, verse 25. And he said to them, have you never read what David did? When he was in need and who was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abarthar, the high priest, and ate the bread of presents, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him. As we often see when Jesus encounters these religious leaders, is his answer for them provides incredible clarity. Not only for them, but it should provide clarity for us. You see, when David and his men that were with him, they were trying to escape King Saul, who was trying to kill him. And so as they were journeying, they enter this town and they're hungry and they're worn out and they need food to sustain them for this journey. And they go to the high priest and the only food that is available is the bread that is holy and has been consecrated and no one else is allowed to eat. So they're sort of at this crossroad, and yet they needed food to sustain them. So what Jesus is saying is, which is better here, that they go hungry and they don't get what they need, or that they observe this rule that was in place? And so David and his men, they take this bread and they actually consume this bread. You see, by using this example, Jesus is getting to the true purpose of Sabbath. It's a gift. Hear this. This is a gift from God to us, not a list of rules for us not to break. That's not the intent and that's not the heartbeat of this rest, of this Sabbath, of this 24-hour time that's set apart. Sabbath literally means a day for stopping, to stop from the normal rhythms of everyday life to rest our mind, our body, and our spirit, to find enjoyment in the presence of God. Time spent alone, even as we looked at last week, maybe there's solitude included with your Sabbath. Maybe there's silence included with it, with self, with God, with others, and to be able to worship God whether that's in your home, whether that's in creation, whether that's simply being reminded of all the ways that God has provided for you as you're able to set aside the normal rhythms of life and be present. This is the heartbeat of Sabbath and it's supposed to be something that is so enjoyable to us that we can essentially take a breath. That we can take a breath. And I know that that can be incredibly challenging for us, especially in the fast-paced culture that we live, but it's absolutely what God wants for you on a regular basis because it's so healthy for us, not just physically, but spiritually as God's children. 
this opportunity to take a step back, to find joy in the presence of God with others, with self. So let me ask this question. Can you serve someone on the Sabbath? Absolutely. What a great joy there is in that. Can you work in your garden? A hundred percent. It's not about the actions or lack of as much as it is about the intentional rest from the normal rhythms so that we can be present in other ways and areas. And I promise you this, no matter what age you are, whether you are a young child in elementary school, whether you're a high school student, whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, or 100, we all need this kind of rest. Absolutely every single one of us. And so here's the heartbeat of the Sabbath. Look at these last two verses. Verse 27. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man. This is so important. Don't miss that. Not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. When we Sabbath, when we rest, we are both recognizing and surrendering ourselves to God's greatness and love. When we take this day to rest, to step aside from our regular rhythms, we are both acknowledging and confessing that we don't have to go nonstop, but can rest and should rest in knowing that our needs are met by Jesus, by him both physically and in him spiritually. This Lord who is greater than the Sabbath, who is over the Sabbath, who came to ultimately bring us rest, that we would be at peace with God and not enmity. Here's the big idea that we see in all of this. When we can allow our bodies and minds to, we can allow our bodies and minds to rest because through Jesus, our soul is at rest. All of these are absolutely connected as children of God. When we can allow our minds and our bodies to rest, we can allow we can allow this to happen because through Jesus, our soul is at rest. We recognize that the greatest work that needed to be accomplished is already finished in him. That Jesus found rest in the will of the Father, that he worked out our greatest need on the cross fully, that he endured physical, emotional, and spiritual pain so that we could experience physical, emotional, and spiritual rest. He endured the wrath of God so that we could experience the grace of God. There is no more work to do. There is no more worth on our part to be proven. There is no love to be bought and sold because the greatest work and our greatest need is finished. So why do we pack our calendars so full? Why do we run from one place with, to another place without taking a breath? Why do we take on more than we know we could ever accomplish? Why do we feel bad or guilty if our weekends aren't completely packed with dinners, parties, events, etc.? Why is it so hard to rest. Maybe, just maybe, for some of us, we've listened to the lie and have been convinced that being busy means being worthy. 
Hear that. That being busy means being worthy. That if we aren't always doing, if we aren't always producing, if we aren't always going, that must say something about our being. That when we meet up with friends or we talk to family or someone at a party, we know they'll ask us what we've done or what we do. And so many of us add more and more and more to our minds and to our days and to our calendars and to our tasks and to what we feel like we should do. And we make longer and longer and longer lists of busyness that we can end up wearing like a badge of honor when really it's more like a hospital bracelet. In Christ, we don't have anything left to prove. Our identity is completely secure. And taking a full 24-hour day in our week to step back and find joy in the presence of God and all he's given us and to be able to reflect on his truth is something that he wants for every single one of us. So I want to encourage you to process this gift whether that's individually or maybe even as a family this week, as you think about starting your week and then you move closer and closer to the weekend. To take Saturday or Sunday, a full 24 hours, to take a step back and to be present again with God, self, and others. And in preparation, I would encourage you, make sure to take care of the big things you need to so that you can actually disconnect and be present. Speaking of disconnection, I know that this would be incredibly challenging, but what would it even look like to turn off your phone for a day or maybe just for an hour? I know some of you, a day would be hard, but what would it look like to actually disconnect from Facebook, from Instagram, from your phone? I promise you, this is more important than you realize. Whether, again, you're younger, whether you're maybe a little bit older This is so important to disconnect from technology that can absolutely be a gift in so many ways, but can also be a detriment to our relational connection with God and others. One thing that Laura and I have have done for actually several years is we will intentionally, especially on a day of Sabbath, put our phones in another room that we're not going to go into, and we will just leave those, whether that's for big chunks of time or sometimes even the entire day if we're not needed, simply because it's such a huge distraction And if it's so easy to access, chances are I'm going to. This is a good thing for us to disconnect and step away, to be present. I know for some of this, if you aren't normally practicing Sabbath, if you've kind of bought into like, I don't even know what that looks like, it's not something I've really practiced, any days that I have off, I fill with more and more and more, and I don't have much margin at all, here's what I would would tell you. It's sort of like going to the gym for the first time. It's hard, and you, you... wake up the next day and you hurt in places and you're like, this is really tough and challenging. But as you go more and as you get into more of a rhythm, it's really life-giving and it's also incredibly healthy. That's the same thing for practicing the Sabbath. Just take that first step. What would it look like for this next weekend for you to make a plan. And what I mean is you don't have to do a regimented plan. I know some of us, some of us need that and that's encouraging and others of us don't, but what does it look like? Maybe a better word is what does it look like to just be intentional and to say this Saturday or Sunday, I'm actually going to Sabbath and I'm going to be intentional about it. Maybe it's opening up the day in prayer with God. Maybe it's opening up and reading a passage. One thing I love to do is read a passage from the Psalm and then just sit with God and allow him to speak to me and then go about the day and enjoy the relationships and other things uh, in a part of the day, but they're, they're not a part of the normal rhythm 
of my week? What does it look like to take that first step? Because there are incredible benefits to this, and this is why this is such a gift for us. There's so much emotional and physical and spiritual health that comes with resting. Think about how much better your decision-making is when you're rested, your connection and relationships, clarity. It's an opportunity maybe for us to even confess certain things to God and to clean out our lives of certain things that we know shouldn't be there. Maybe they shouldn't have been there for a while, but it takes stopping and actually thinking about it and spending time with God and resting. And it brings up such a great appreciation for what God's given us and how he's caring for us. That's what we see here is that the Sabbath, it's a gift. It's a gift from God to us. It's a gift from God for us. So this week, as you move through your week and you get closer to the weekend, I want you to remember, we can allow our bodies and minds to rest because through Jesus, our soul is at rest. Let me pray. God, thank you for your word. And Jesus, thank you for this gift that you've given us We thank you for the work that you have done on our behalf so that we don't have to work for those things, so that we don't have to earn your love, earn your grace, earn your approval. Jesus, we thank you for being obedient to the Father's will, and I pray that we would be obedient to you in taking part in this wonderful gift that you've given us. That as we rest, that as we take a step back from all the hurry, from all of the busyness, as we say no to certain things so that we can say yes to you, yes to family, yes to friendships, yes to physical rest, mental rest, spiritual rest, that we would be drawn back time and time and time again to why we can have rest at all. And Jesus, that's in you and that's through you. So even now, as we wrestle with this internally, would you give us peace in knowing that our identity is secure, our worth is secure. Jesus, you are the Lord of the Sabbath. You are the Lord of our life. So would we confess that truth? Would we surrender to you? And would we find rest and joy in that rest? Jesus, we pray all of these things in your name. Amen.